0: Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen.
1: Do you ever find it curious that the scientists and doctors say that we use 5 to 10% of our brain? And those same fellas look at our DNA and they say only about five or ten percent of our DNA is active, and the rest is what they call junk. Isn't that curious that those two numbers are are relatively close to each other? Well, I think tonight's episode we're gonna we're gonna take a look at this notion called change. Tonight's episode, Staying calm and keeping on in these times of immense change, and our guest tonight is Alea Dow. I'm delighted to have her back on the show. We're gonna bring her on in just a minute. But, you know, if you stare at the tea leaves long enough, um, there's this inkling that the this human persona, this, this um, physical experience we're having, has some uh, subtle mysteries to it. Um, On the show, we've talked uh, about the Kama Sutra yogas and um, the way they were originally taught many moons ago. The effect of them invariably uh, brought on new attributes. The the magi, the sages, the the yogis could um, perform... Uh, seemingly miracles. It's like their relationship with their environment changed. Their relationship with the physical quote laws of nature changed. And then we have uh, folks like Jesus, and he's he's um, demonstrating this this exceptional ability. That we call miracles, and he says, "You know, you're going to do everything that I have done and more." And the reason I bring this this context to this um, show tonight is the the 2020 tsunami, if you will, this this collective upheaval. I suggest to you is. Um, is part of the awakening process, and I know the word awakening is used in so many contexts, I just wanted to to kind of hone in on the notion of awakening to a new dynamic of who you are, a new dynamic of your experience with, quote, reality, unquote, the notion that your soul has perhaps a new trajectory, a new paradigm, a new narrative that might not look at all, at all, like your life before 2020. I think many of us are going to find ourselves on a new trajectory. And part of being able to kind of dial into such a core change of what our our life dynamic looks like is to be able to stay calm, to be able to stay connected, if you will, with ourselves to really honor and respect this this human persona thingy that we all have. We're we're all humans well, I know dogs and cats are listening and there's probably a panerakeet in there somewhere. But the human part of us is going through an evolution like a caterpillar to a butterfly. And so when we delve into this topic, keep in mind that um, we're entering, it's quite clear the planet is entering a new dynamic, a new paradigm, and your role in it might be entering a new dynamic and a new paradigm. So I just wanted to seed the conversation with the notion of that. And then I think we're going to have plenty to talk about, so let's get to it. Again, the topic tonight is staying calm and keeping on in these times of immense change. And again, our guest is Alea Dell. She's been on our show several times. And she participated in the last roundtable we did that you can find at blogtalkradio.com slash newhumanliving. Alea is a sound healer, energetic practitioner, minister in the state of California, doctor of oriental medicine in New Mexico, and a licensed acupuncturist in Colorado. She has been an alternative healer for over 25 years. In 2001, Alea had an enlightenment experience which enabled her to perceive other realms, hear the angelic beings, and increase her empathic and clairvoyant abilities. She has mastered the ability to help people release the root causes of their suffering. Her tools help her. People discover how to move forward with greater peace, empowerment, and freedom. To learn more about Alea, you can visit her website, aleadao.com. A L E Y A D A O.com. Join me in welcoming Alea to the show. Alea, it's so nice to have you back on the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a joy, and I just wanted you to keep going. It was brilliant, <laughs> all of your your nuggets about the change and the collective upheaval.
1: Yeah, uh, the you know it's uh, in uh, twenty thirteen. I was um, I was in Boulder, Colorado, and we got over twenty one inches of rain in three days. Wow. And it flooded the place. Yeah. And the day after the flood, I walked across Boulder. I walked through the neighborhoods. And nobody was sobbing. Nobody was hysterical. They were out on their driveways with uh, muddy wedding dresses and muddy photo albums. Hmm. And the the reason I bring it up is because for those two or three days, Mother Nature pushed us all up against the wall. It's like we all had a body slam press against the wall because all of our agendas stopped. All our busyness, all of our lives stopped, and we all thought about when the hell's this rain going to stop? It's like our, our brains synchronized on a single topic. Hmm. And then the mor- the morning after the last rain... We all took that first step together. The, the piece was palatable. The, wow. The effect on the community was, uh, God, words kind of fall short of. Um, I don't know, unity. Um, just, just well, think, a collective.
0: Uh, right, it's it, like it, a collective it,
1: consciousness it, connecting. it, it really. It was kind of a, that, yeah, that's an organic connection. And so here we are in this flipping tsunami of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if we take a step back, I think kind of the same thing's going on. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it's just a longer term than three days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's a deeper cleanse.
0: I think so. And, you know, I think that on some level, um, there was a lot of comfort that we have had for a long period of time. And that comfort is now getting shook up. And I was kind of thinking about how when you're really comfortable, uh, you start to fall asleep. And right. then you go through a process of the discomfort, and the discomfort awakens you. And then when you're more awake, more aware, then you're actually able to make some changes and move into a more connected state inside yourself. And so I I really think it is the shake-up. And it's so interesting because not only – I mean, I live in the Sierra Nevada foothills of um, California near Yosemite. And just last week or 10 days ago, not only do we have COVID – in California, as well as everywhere else in the world. But we then had the fires. And so the fires were maybe 10 10 miles away. And then we lost power on top of it. And um, so we packed up our car. And I really was thinking about this year of how it's forcing you to just focus on what really matters and grab what really matters, but not so much grab in the outer world. Granted, as I was packing up my car and grabbing pictures and paintings and computer hard drives and cats Um, that was it that was all that mattered and husband
1: Um, I realized how did he come in on the end of all of that
0: (laughs) okay husband first than hard we'll drives. <laughs> or it's not like cat hard drives paintings. <laughs> but we, we have to really take stock of what really matters in our life and what are our priorities. And I think when we're in this huge collective upheaval, it's really asking us to reassess our priorities in our life.
1: Right. Well, I mean, so people are having um, a really broad range of experiences with this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, even even though we've we've come to understand how we can kind of get along, keeping on in in the uh, in the corona situation, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking. Here we are, months and months and months into it, and I'm seeing that. Ma and pa shops are closing their businesses, and they and yeah. they've tried to keep it afloat, and they've gone in debt trying to do that, and now it fell apart, and they don't they don't know how to they don't even know how to perceive a future, and and who how many people have lost their jobs or like industries mm-hmm. like convention mm-hmm. shows at at convention centers they they didn't exist this year. A lot of no. industries kind of focus on that. I mean, what do you, how do you, how do you perceive a way forward when everything you've ever known is kind of crumbled in your hands?
0: I think that's the greatest challenge, and and we are being forced, whether we like it or not, to reinvent ourselves. And that takes a tremendous amount of courage and resilience and that's also really hard when you feel like your whole world is just crumbled apart and nothing is going to support you. And that's actually one of the pieces that I want to talk about that regardless of the difficulty that people are faced with in their life day to day or long term because of this situation, when we start to focus on our inner world, that inner strength or the inner resilience or the inner calm or the inner peace or the inner freedom, because we might not have financial freedom or we might not have physical freedom because of our health um, or our circumstances, right? We might not have the freedom to just go out and do whatever we want to do. The stronger our inner world is, the more graceful we will journey through this process. And so, we're all going through it, and we're all being affected differently by it, but how we react is is the choice, like that free will and choice that you were talking about. But we don't have free will and choice if we don't have awareness. And so we can use the discomfort to shake us up, to wake us up, and then now we're more awake, and we can go, wait, primary, what's my inner world? Is my inner world a space that i can find comfort and seek solitude and seek support and seek peace and seek joy and seek safety and the stronger that is the more resilient you'll be to reinvent yourself in these times of change
1: i like that you know the the ego can be the first one to panic <laughs> in, in your <laughs> in your psyche the ego the the ego really wants to know how the hell it's gonna propagate today, well, tomorrow, and that, the next yeah, week. And, totally. and the and ego can be the one that pulls the trigger and says, I don't know how to deal with this, I wanna check out. I want you know, suicidal thoughts, depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes our soul Needs to give our egos that cosmic two by four across the forehead to to break it out of its own stigma and and certainly many many um, people that were very comfortable living in their heads and ignoring their hearts had. Um, have had their lives turned upside down, and, and there's there can be a real gift to it. Even though the ego might not be able to perceive it, there, there can be a really big gift in having your livelihood, what you thought, in other words, what you thought was the trajectory for the rest of your life, literally uh, dissolve away because... Mm-hmm. There's a more authentic, a more genuine, a more whole and healthy and happy dynamic for you, and there's no way in hell your ego ever would have chose it left to its own devices.
0: Right. Exactly. That's, that's genius because when I, I mean, everybody has their own definition of, of ego, but when I think of the ego and this change that we're in, the ego has gotten really attached and placed the the sense of identity on perhaps all of these outer accomplishments. So it's like you have a certain amount of money in your bank account, you have a certain amount of um, identity with the store that you own or the business that you run, but now that store is closed or the business has to fold and reinvent yourself. Your sense of identity gets challenged and then that challenges the ego. And so... I actually have a practice of lifting. I'm an energetic practitioner and also do visualization, meditations. And you're essentially lifting your sense of identity. I call them like your little identity chips. And you lift all of your identity chips off of your house, off of your car, off of your relationships, off of your job, off of your money, your bank account. And you bring all of your reference points for your identity back to what I call like your river of light, your divine mind that's deep in your core and it's an aspect of your essence and then you start identifying yourself as a beautiful being of light and you're just a beautiful being of light and then the ego doesn't get so triggered because you're no longer referencing your identity on your outer accomplishments and then you actually have more freedom to make different choices and then you don't feel like a failure because you had to close the store or because your business folded you're like you know what i'm a beautiful being of light and Let's see what happens next. And then again, the ego isn't constricting you and limiting you because of all of your ego priorities. Your soul starts to prioritize something like connection or freedom or safety or peace or calm. And you then start making your choices with your life, your lifestyle, more from priorities that really feed the soul as opposed to a false sense of self.
1: Right. And the, I think the, the, there's a new norm, so to speak, in in the dynamic of all this. Everything got turned on its head. Like uh, an example of it is is online training, online school, online business, yeah. online... And so it's perfectly fine to dress from the waist up and, and be in your beach shorts <laughs> and sandals and wear a tie and, and go to a business meeting in your in your den or whatever. And and, uh-huh. and people are people are okay that the cat's coughing up a hairball in the back because their cat does it too. You know? Exactly. And Very what true. I'm getting what I'm getting at here is millions, millions of people are starting on new trajectories. So the the yeah. new the new job interview, the new um, uh, book proposal, the new might start off with, um, I've never done this before. But the reason I get excited about this is because yada yada yada. And people Mm -hmm. are going to see that and say, I can relate to that. Yeah. Way to have the courage to show up in a whole new paradigm, not knowing how it's going to work out, but here you are in flesh and bones to help ensure it, make it happen. So just because you're starting off on a new trajectory, you're not alone. There's a whole flipping... um, Entourage of people, millions of people all over the world that are in the same boat, so don't don't be shy don't don't wring your hands and stay home and not show up for yourself. Right. step out into that new paradigm and know that it, it's the new norm. Trust that
0: and that does take a certain amount of courage, sure to to weep and to do something new and different and when I kind of think about what would stop someone from leaping into, well, I don't know how to do it, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. Um, A lot of the times we are wanting to be perfect, even though we are doing something for the first time. And so we stop ourselves from doing anything new and different because, well, what if we're not perfect? Well, we're not going to be perfect at it. And if people have this whole sense of wanting to be perfect, they're actually wanting something in the outer, again, to be perfect, as opposed to feeling where there is this energy that flows in every single person, no matter how aware or unaware or kind or or not kind someone is. Somewhere deep, deep inside, there is this beautiful, incredible light that I call the essence um, of the soul that's riding in the body, and it's absolutely perfect. And so the more we start connecting with that perfection that flows deep in the core, the more resilience we'll have and the more courage we'll have to do things that are different and get out of our comfort zone because the zone just got ripped away. Um, And so financially we might be forced out of our comfort zone. Job-wise we might be forced out of our comfort zone. And so the more resilience we have inside ourselves because the more self-love, the more inner perfection, the more you're meeting your needs deep in your core, the, the easier it is going to be to navigate these times of change and stay calm. I kind of think of um, when we're not calm, it's usually because we're looking for something outside ourselves. We're wanting the outer world to soothe us, and the outer world is not doing that for us much these days. Right. So we've, we've got to go Got to go in.
1: When I think about the... Um the big blows, the 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 tougher scenarios as perceived from the from the ego. Uh, how many like domestic violence because dad lost his job and now he feels like crap and he's hitting the bottle yeah. and he's hitting mom and that the, the house dynamics going to crap and and so divorce and and you know, kind Did of the family heard? dynamic yeah. turned on its head. Uh, this is yeah. kind of pushing us deep into our psyche.
0: Yeah, and we're feeling the ramifications of our choices and our actions. All of the choices we've been making for the last 10, 20 years, personally, individually, we are feeling those ramifications of our actions. And I actually think this is a major maturation moment um, because when people don't feel the ramifications of their actions, they, it's like, wait, why should I change? It's, doesn't doesn't matter. But then when we start to feel the ramifications of our choices in a positive or a negative way, we're like, ooh, that was good or ooh, I need to make different choices. Again, priorities changing.
1: Yeah, you can't heal what you can't feel. You can't fix what you <laughs> exactly. you know. Yeah. And, and so it, like you said, it's getting brought up to the surface and uh uh-huh. it's really it I think it's a fantastic um um, season of opportunity on on so many different levels. It's yes. Um, and you look at everything from the positive perspective, Les. Though you do, despite my efforts, I, I seem to get stuck <laughs> there. No, wait, that wasn't positive.
0: <laughs> but I think when you're looking at it from the positive of like this is an amazing opportunity, and opportunity is key. Is it? It's an opportunity, and the and the variable is are we going to take the opportunity right or are we going to wait for another situation that's going to be louder bigger even more uncomfortable and and then are we going to take that opportunity and and choose a different path that's more sustainable more connected more balanced more calm within
1: right well the it's a it's a curious thing i think i suggest I'm no sproctologist, but this notion of archetypes—I um, think humanity is at a pivot point that it hasn't seen in eons of time in our in our past mythology. So we look yeah, at our maybe. mythology, and 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 there's this notion of a hero, and by its very nature, a hero sees an outcome that the rank and file, the everyday citizen, can't see. That's the whole mm-hmm. idea behind a hero that they see a new possibility that's not common in the collective. But it's like um, caterpillar archetypes. Zero caterpillar archetypes involve flying. (laughs) And yet when the caterpillar evolves into a butterfly, crawling five miles on the ground is not in the butterfly's archetype. But it is in the catapult, right? So I I think we should hold all of reality with a feather and let our souls show us the new archetypes, the new dynamics. Beautiful. Uh, I think I think the the human persona, the the traditional human lifespan has been operating on flipping fumes compared to what we could be doing, in a sense of joy and happiness, I well, think the well, and also parad- the
0: body, the body too. Okay. Like you were talking about the DNA, you were talking about the DNA and the brain, and how we're only using you know five or ten, five or ten percent of our capacity.
1: Yeah, and and when the vibration of our consciousness goes up, that activates that. That's what turns on all those circuits.
0: Yeah. And
1: part of the reason I don't want to delve into uh, too much of a tangent but part of the reason the um, prediction of the beginning of the golden age was in the Maya calendar of 2012 was foretold for thousands of years is our whole flipping solar system has entered a a new part of the galaxy and vibrationally there's just more energy. It's like we moved out of the shadow of potential and we moved into the light of potential as a solar system. And mm-hmm. it was predicted, it was predicted such a long time ago. So vibrationally, our bodies are getting activated to to turn on the the new circuits to increase the percentage of our brain and our DNA that is activated. And and that's why I keep coming back to this notion of we can't look at our future with the eyes of our past because it's a new dynamic. We have to look with virgin eyes so we see the truth of what the future offers us. And if we look with old eyes, we won't be able to see the totality of our potential.
0: I love that. And that brings... um. This thought of, like when you're in meditation, or at least when I'm in meditation, I go into what's called the void, where there's nothing, there's no preconceptions, there's no agenda. You're just sitting in this absolute empty space. And just as you were talking about, you know, the body getting activated and looking at the future with our with these virgin eyes, I actually see that COVID and all of these other things that are happening in the world, um, relationships, finances. It's taking us into the void. And we just sit in that place of absolute emptiness and then we can ponder infinite possibilities.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: But if we're not in the empty void, how do we even begin to ponder the infinite possibilities?
1: And, and that's, so instead that, of- <laughs> that's the slowing the brain down. Because so, okay, if you have monkey mind, you're you're not in the you haven't fully come into the void because you have this this busy narrative crap going on in your brains. So right in the in the title staying calm what what is the, what are some of the perhaps challenges and advantages of of slowing down to the void?
0: I think the challenges that we have lived in a really fast-paced world it's really focused on productivity. And so sitting for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, not doing anything can challenge people's sense of purpose, challenges their sense of self-worth. Um, and so, again, kind of a different, a different priority of, and choices. So if we know that we're in this time and this time is asking us to move into a place of emptiness, to sit in the void, to sit in stillness, to let go of everything that we've known in the past so that we can be open to infinite possibilities with ourselves and as a collective, and we let's just pretend we know that that's being asked and is, is happening. Now the factor is, okay, how how do you want to move into the void? Do you want to move into the void by using your breath meditation? Um, I call it pulling, uh, breathing, breathing the mind's breath in, and I actually have a specific meditation to help you practice moving into a place of stillness and literally holding the mind's breath in like you would hold your breath. And then that moves you into this place of stillness, and then you move into this place of the void. Or do you want to use your outer world and literally get your outer world shredded and you have absolutely nothing and now you're sitting in like an empty house or no house or in your car and no job and no relationship and it's completely empty. Do you want to get into the void that way? Personally, I prefer the five minutes of sitting in stillness and just – breathing my mind's breath in, holding my breath. You could even do like TM of focusing on just one specific word or a mantra and then inviting some part of you to start pondering, this is a whole new way of being and how do I want to be that's really sustainable and really balanced and really calm and really peaceful and really vibrant and really connected and you're tapping into some other part of you that's far beyond the mind and you're just intending that some part of you is sitting in a place of stillness all day long. Um, so th- those are two thoughts that one could ponder, which, how do you want to move into the void? Knowing that we're all being asked to move into the void and um, being willing to, well, I love that phrase that you said, look at our future with those virgin eyes instead of the eyes of the past.
1: Yeah, I like that. The So... so... We bring ourselves in the void, perhaps in the first time of our life we we come into the the stillness um, and there's there's wisdom there there's this the higher self, yeah. the soul, the whatever and yeah. if we're if we're not used to it, we'll get inspiration, and we won't know what to do with it because our egos never followed anybody else as Mm -hmm. far as who decides what happened. So in this stillness by creating the, by uh, slowing down and perhaps stopping our, our chattering mind, the soul can sentence, our heart can feed us sentences that that suggest new trajectories for my, in my own personal experience. When my soul told me that I needed to write books, my ego was up for the debate, and it just didn't want any part of writing any flipping book because <laughs> who the hell is this country boy from Utah, and what the hell does he have to say that anybody give a rat's ass about? I mean, my ego couldn't couldn't just take it and go with it. I've I've since learned that I don't need to vet. I don't need mm-hmm. to quantify or rationalize. My heart, my soul has wisdom that my ego can't even comprehend. But if you're new to that, I mean, how do you how do you bring that in inspiration out out, out into effect?
0: I have a um, I have a pair, like a, a way of looking at that and it's a little different than than the words you're using of like your soul and your wisdom and your ego and I kind of I'm getting this image of we have a horse and we have a rider and we pretend that the horse is actually the body you're riding in and the rider is actually you the soul and you're an etheric being of light you might not even be from this world You remember life in a very vague way or a very clear way that is not of this world, perhaps. But just with that idea of just imagine you're a rider and you've got a horse. How And the only thing you can really control is you as the rider on the horse. You can't even control your horse, your body. And if you do, your body will rebel. And so when you realize that, oh, you're an etheric being riding in a body, the only thing you can control is how you ride, you get to ask yourself, how do I want to ride this experience? How do I want to ride in my body? If the only thing I can control is this line of light that I am, do I want to hold calm in my line? Do I want to hold calm in the saddle? And when I think of riding in the body, we actually have a river of light that flows up and down the front of the spine, and I kind of think of it as like the butt in the saddle on the front of the spine and so you actually have the ability to activate a current of calm or clarity in your line on the front of the spine button saddle and just control that and the wisdom of the soul starts coming through and then the body which you might have been referring to as the ego but it's a little different the the body has a totally different set of wisdom and it might have wisdom about the world. And it might know not know all of the wisdom of the soul. And so when you say, oh, I'm going to write books, the, ho- the horse or your body would be like, well, I'm not going to write the book. And then you last would be like, no, I got that. I have all this information. Your body would be like, oh, that's cool. I'll hand it over to my rider. My rider's got that. So I differentiate the this experience of being in a human form as we are the soul and we're riding in the body and we have our own wisdom that is not always of this world. And then we've got our body and it's like a nature spirit and it's of this world, but it has a totally different paradigm and a totally diff- totally different needs. And then the, the journey is how we ride together in a really healthy, co-creative way.
1: I like that. the uh, The relationship of our body and nature itself um, mm-hmm. two birds of a feather um, well
0: it's almost like an animal
1: our body yeah so um, I need to go look in the mirror to see if I've got a horse's ass I mean <laughs> <come to,
0: laughs> you never know or a, a cheetah butt who knows <laughs> <laughs> Or an eagle, eagle eyes, right? What is, what is the body? What is your body most aligned with if it was to be an animal? And then you can actually start to feel the consciousness of your body around you more, and you recognize, oh, I'm not the horse, but I'm riding in it.
1: Yeah, well, or the cheetah, or the, or the dragon. And I, I like that we're talking about the body, and we're talking about it as a as a persona. Um, or an attribute of our whole, because for myself, I listen to my body a lot, and I'll go to eat something, and my body will say, "I don't want that." And right, right, yeah, you can hear your body's voice. Really subtle. I mean, like I was using it's creamer in my, I was using creamer in my coffee, and boy, how do you? Have if there's anything near an organized religion in my persona, it's that first damn cup of coffee in the morning. And mm-hmm. I was using this creamer, and my body's like, I don't like this creamer. I don't want it. Go find another one. And it was, I didn't notice a difference. But over time... Heard- there There's a hundred little subtle things my body said, let's just stop doing that. And now I just rounded 60 years on the planet and I feel like I'm getting younger. I feel like um, my body is happy because I listen to it. And Mm -hmm. when I stay connected to what my body wants, the whole of me has a much better experience. It's it's really yeah. You're true. you're
0: writing, you're writing in a healthier, more co-creative way, and you're also you as the writer are really validating and witnessing your body. And I actually, I mean, to be slightly radical, which I know you celebrate, I really think of the body having its very own unique consciousness. So there's literally sure. two consciousnesses happening in this experience. We have the soul consciousness, and we have the body nature deva consciousness.
1: Yeah, no question. The Absolutely mm-hmm. the body has its own intelligence. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to make sense to the linear mind. Um, no. I just, and it's a I nature have, spirit. My horse is my motorcycle. I just made that analogy because I've been riding up in the Rocky Mountains. And talk uh-huh. about a a happy body. There's something that happens when you're up in the fourteen thousand foot range of the Rocky Mountains, riding this curvy little road on a on an iron horse. Um I'd come back from riding and my body was just um um it's that I think it nurtured me on so many levels, my soul, my body, my mind. It was um I think it's kind of important to find um things that rejuvenate ourselves. We talk yeah. about keeping on in the title. We're talking about keeping on. And uh, there's so much stress and anxiety that people are taking on uh, to either find an, uh, an old favorite way or really go out and find new ways to do things that yeah. really just uh, rejuvenate our soul, to... to it's like a mini holiday where we just put all our worries down and we walk out the door and we go do that thing that genuinely just makes us happy and fulfills us on so many different levels. What would, how would you suggest to our listeners how they might discover new ways to um, fulfill, uh, have a more fulfilling vacation, if you will?
0: Um, yes, I will ponder that. And there's a couple of thoughts that I was having and then I'll dive into the fulfilled and the healthy behavior. So when I kind of think about 2020 and everything that we're going through, I really see it more as a body awakening. So the body consciousness, the physical human form, wants to wake up. And the body will use traumatic situations, fear, joy, intense waves of energy, intense waves of emotion, outer circumstances to awaken. And so if we recognize that we are souls riding in the body and we can be stewards to our body and their awakening process, we want to start differentiating. And it's it's kind of weird in the beginning to be like, I'm riding in a body. I'm not my body. I'm not the car I drive. I'm not the horse I ride. And then the way to actually start moving into a healthier way of being with your body and helping your body awaken in a really empowered, gentle, graceful way instead of like you know the trauma slaps is you say to your body every day, body, what do you want to wear? You're the physical one. You're, it's your clothes. It's not my clothes. But I can be a steward and I can hold a container for you and I can witness you. Body, what do you want to wear? Body, what do you want to eat? And recognize like it's your body drinking the coffee or the tea. It's not you. You're having an empathic physical experience. And so when we hand responsibility to the body, the body then moves into greater empowerment. And one of the greatest challenges that I've seen in a lot of the spiritual teachings, meditation work um, out there is that the soul starts to wake up in the body. And then the soul starts to take responsibility for the body. And then the body gets super disempowered. And then the body starts to rebel and or break down. And it decreases its ability to manifest. I mean, it's physical. It's of this world. It knows how to manifest by just wiggling its pinky with its hands tied behind its back and its eyes closed. But when the soul starts to wake up and micromanage the body and then take responsibility for supporting the body and loving the body and tending to the body and controlling the body and getting the body to do cleanses and yoga every single morning and be super rigid, the body is going to rebel and rebel in a lot of different ways that are really uncomfortable. And so... As a conscious soul rider, how can you start holding a container for your body and help it awaken to its essence and feel connected to the fabric of nature and model to you how to receive? The body is all about receiving. It loves to receive, especially pleasurable things. And so if we're judging and shaming around receiving, then the body again goes into rebellion. So it's actually a super simple process of every single day you say body what do you want to wear what do you want to eat what do you want to do in free time what is going to juice you and the body again is of this world it's going to know what it wants to do and then you don't judge it and when i first started this this practice uh, with my body my body was like i want to watch six shows of sherlock holmes and i was like six shows? Really? I mean, what about one? Don't tell me what to do. And so I just let it ride and I was like, okay. And then it turned to, I want to read a book. Okay. Now I want to work in the garden. And after doing this practice for probably three or four years, really consciously, my body does not rebel. I do not go into unhealthy behavior because I'm recognizing my body knows what it needs to do to maintain balance. Maintain health and create and manifest whatever it wants, and so the more I listen to my body, the healthier the relationship, and the more fulfilled the body becomes.
1: oh yeah yeah i um i I like what you said I've learned that the body listens to the mind and I work on television transmitters on top of mountain tops, and some of the roads to go up to these mountain tops are uh, real uh, difficult in the snow and the ice. There's very steep grades, of unpaved, oh unpaved roads. And I kept telling my body, well, I could, actually I wasn't telling my body, but my body was listening. And like my kids would say, "Well, how's the road?" I'm like, "Oh my God, I, you know, that was really precarious, and I didn't know if I was going to make it or not." And I kept conveying that the road was dangerous, mm. and and then I I found my body expecting danger when I got on the road, and. And I had literally programmed my body's experience of the road by what I told other people. And then I realized I need to watch my words everywhere. And and I I let up on that, and the stress I had on the road went down quite a bit. But I was literally programming my body's expectation of this event. So that's, that's really, yeah, that's really yeah, and
0: th- That also kind of brings up like this thought of I had a dream um, a couple of years ago, and I asked my body, you know, body, what is it like when you when I'm not riding in you, and I'm not taking any of my perceptions of disconnection, and you're not empathically feeling any of my perceptions of disconnection. And so then I went to sleep and I had the most amazing dream where I was literally a horse and I was running and I could feel the air between the hoof and I could feel the rock and it was one fabric. There was no disconnection. And I could feel the hoof hitting the ground before the hoof hit the ground. It was all one.
1: Right.
0: And I woke up in the morning and I was like in awe and I was like, oh my God. I'm riding in a body that has this profound knowing of oneness. And so as, as the journey of the soul of moving into deeper perceptions of the divine connection within, um, I'm, I continually every day encourage my body, body, can you feel where you are the mountain, where you are the ice, where you are the road, where you are the wind. And when the body can feel that oneness fabric, then there is no fear. And, we are always safe because you know every single turn. Right. And so when you're on those mountain roads, you'd say, body, can you feel where you are the road, you are the ice, you are the turn, you are everything, you know exactly how to move.
1: Right. It reminds me of my sister's funeral. Um, It's about a 500-mile drive. And the morning I had to leave there was a blizzard in the Rocky Mountains. And I'm like, I don't I I don't care. I'm I'm going. There was no question whether I was going or not. And it was so cold that the snow blowing in the car under the hood of the car froze the linkage of the gas pedal. <gasps> so it was like frozen solid at however fast I was driving. I mean, it was a blizzard. And quick side note, in the middle of the blizzard, I look out my side window and a bald eagle is flying next to the car. (laughs) It was so surreal. But the whole point was, I was driving on this icy road and I'd, I'd slide quite a bit. And I was trying to figure out the dynamic of how do I how do I navigate hundreds of miles of mountain passes? The the passes were closed. I was breaking the law, driving through the passes, but I didn't care. I'm going to my sister's funeral thank you. Get the hell out of my way. And the and the thing that did it for me was to think and and the reason I bring this up is it's that oneness because yes. what did the trick for me was to think wherever i was driving i was on my ranch i was on my property it's like i'm driving driving across my property
0: and when mm-hmm. i did
1: that it it like anchored my ass into this this <laughs> this connection with the earth i mean i had hours of driving to figure out how am i going to do this and when i when i saw Saw myself as connected to the earth, like this is my earth, this is my place, this is my. If that makes sense, yeah, it, yeah, it worked, and and I was able to navigate it. But I love this conversation because we're we're going all all over the place. <laughs> we're we're really shining the light on. Um, how vast we are as personas as as consciousness as souls incarnate in this avatar body, and perhaps some of this twenty twenty upheaval is to break us out of this of seeing ourselves in just this three d um world Not... and and open our eyes it.
0: Yeah, the muggle the muggle world is over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a Harry Potter reference, right?
0: Yes, it's shattered. It is shattered. And so, um, one other sort of still on topic with um, with the body. There's this awareness that I have that the body will actually use emotions to evolve. And so it'll trigger these big emotions of grief or sadness or fear or happiness or joy or excitement or passion or desire, and it'll ride those waves of energy, energy in motion. And ideally, we as the rider want to hold a container for our body to ride those waves of emotion and use those waves of energy moving in a particular direction to evolve, to awaken, to change its vibration, to change its chemistry, to change its consciousness. Now the challenge is is that if you're awake or you've had a certain program that emotions are certain emotions are okay, certain emotions are not, we might actually suppress the body's emotions and essentially say to the body, body, no, don't feel that, push that emotion down, don't right. process that." And then the body, what it does is it takes that energy of that energy and motion and it puts it somewhere in the body. And then, it'll show up as pain or pathology because the body has to process it somehow. It wants to ride those waves. And so if we know that our body is hell-bent and determined to wake up and it's going to ride a ton of waves of energy, emotion to awaken, we as a conscious rider can hold a container and be like, body, this is your wave of emotion, of grief or sadness or anger, or frustration or happiness. Ride the wave, ride the wave. Be the two-year-old. Ride the wave, ride the wave. Let your body feel it and then there's this wave of light that starts to come into the body because your body literally starts to tingle and literally hold a different chemistry, a different um, vibration, a different consciousness. And then the body behaves in a different way because it's now tapped into a different consciousness of a higher frequency. And so, um, and I also think of Earth, her, her emotions are her weather. And so when we try to change the weather, or judge the weather, or get upset by the weather, it's like, wait, that's just a wave of energy, let it move. And then we move into greater balance, greater connection. So in the awakening process that the soul is in, that the body is in, ride those waves. And I actually have a YouTube on how to ride the waves of an of emotion. Um and model it of letting the body ride those waves.
1: Well, very nice. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast when you're having fun, and we've certainly been it doing did.
0: that.
1: It did. Um, it did, it
0: flew. That's it's always so fun to connect with you. I love where where our conversations go.
1: And you you never know when the on air light comes on. What the hell's going to happen next? So you just got to get some popcorn and put the chats on leap. and hold on tight. And leap exactly. Um, so. Can you share with our audience the services that you offer, how they can engage your services? Are they in person? Are they over the Internet? Give us a whole picture of, of your platform.
0: I know I'm, I'm constantly reinventing myself and um, changing, changing up what I offer. And right now I'm super excited about a course that I'm teaching, and it's actually a six-week course for the Empowered empath. So it's for people who are empathic, and over the last ten years, I've looked at all the layers of empathic sensitivity, and then I've created five five practices or five pillars to help people who are empathic learn how to be an empowered empath and use that empathic sensitivity to actually serve, to be healthy, to have strong boundaries, to not get paralyzed by other people's emotions, their karma, their behaviors, their thought forms. Um, and so I'm actually, we're four weeks into it. So the fourth class is happening this Saturday. And so people could check out the Empowered Empath. Um, and they would go to my website and maybe go to the What's New page or go to the store and check out webinars. Um, and I'll maybe put a big banner up for people to check out the Empowered Empath course. And then I also do daily meditations. Um, I'm going to rename them Small Cups and Tall Cups, so they're like six-minute, eight-minute daily meditations that I deliver three to five days a week via email or an app, and it's tuning into the energetic weather, bringing in sound healing, energetic protocols to help people in their ascension process in a gentle, graceful way. And then I also, every three weeks, do an energetic balancing session online, and you join in, and we look at the energetic the energy coming onto the planet and using the energy streaming onto the planet to awaken instead of having to use the outer triggers of pain, suffering, drama, trauma. So you're actively engaged in taking responsibility and in control of your own process. And then I do do one-on-one sessions, um, but I'm booked out about three months now. And, and so what I started doing was these energetic support sessions. So it's a small group of 10, 15, or 20 people, and they all come into a Zoom room And we do energetic protocols and just kind of unpack what's happening. And I've got four groups happening, and that happens every other week. So people can do energetic support sessions. They could do the daily cups, the tall cups, do the Empowered Empath course, whatever floats your boat. I also have nine sound healing albums um, that are available on my website, alayada.com, and I also wrote a book called Seven Cups. Of consciousness that's available on Amazon and New World Library and uh, maybe Barnes and Noble as well. And that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. very nice.
1: That's, and and I've been you. doing this for a while, so you're uh, I I think you're really dialed into to your your um, how how you prefer to do it and the value that you have to offer. I really like.
0: Yeah, I think I have 2,000 meditations online now. Wow.
1: Yeah. um, So do you have any closing thoughts for our audience?
0: I do. Let me ponder that for just a moment. Imagine that whatever changes in your life, it's somehow for the better. Because if you keep thinking, okay, this is falling away or this is changing or I have to reinvent myself or I have to let go of this or this or this. If your heart is calibrated for, and as I let go of this thing, something better is coming. So if deep in your heart you have this trust, this knowing, this belief of every time something falls away, Something better is coming. That is the only door that you will be open to, and that is the only door that will open. So in your time of change, believe that a more beautiful, more joyous, more connected, more balanced door is opening, and that's the only one you're looking for, and it's the only one you're going to walk through. Oh,
1: beautiful. Um... Alea, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's been such a pleasure having this conversation with you.
0: Thank you. It's such a treat to connect with you, Les, and thank you for all the work that you do and the light you hold.
1: We've been been talking with uh, Alea Dale, and the topic tonight has been staying calm and keeping on in these times of immense change. It's... uh, it's it's such a dynamic part of our human history. Uh, I think it's it's the the birth, the the morning, the dawn of an exceptional chapter of what us as human beings are going to create on this planet. I suggest to you the most powerful substance on the planet as it relates to our human condition is our own human consciousness. Our free will dictates what can happen and what won't happen by what we put our attention on. So when we collectively desire a better outcome, when we listen to our hearts that want a more authentic, a more genuine vision of what the future will be, and then we ourselves show up with an intent and an action to bring it about, that is that is the very mechanism that will that will bring um, the glory days, the golden years, as it's been pro- proselyzed for thousands of years. I'm your host Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Check out NewHumanLiving.com, and I I wrote uh, two books that are very uh, apropos for this chapter in our human story, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, teaches your ego how to, how to honor and respect that higher wisdom in you, and Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, heals your relationship with your divinity. And if you're going to be able to embody your, your divine power, you need to heal your relationship with your notion of what divine is. Thank you for sharing this time with us. Like I said, always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening.
0: This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.